well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you are with me today. We are talking, of course, about the uh, shooting uh, shootings on the campus at Michigan State University on uh, Monday night. Um, an incident, by the way, that uh, resulted in mass confusion at the time. Uh, and even today, hours later, uh, authorities are still struggling to piece together some of the details uh, about the uh, shootings, as well as the man believed responsible uh, for the attack. The initial reports were that this was a 43-year-old individual, uh, no connection, no known connection anyway, uh, to the university or any of the students or staff there on campus. Uh, we had also originally been told that the uh, individual was convicted of a felony weapons charge uh, in Michigan back in 2019, um, but that uh, detail has been clarified. Uh, according to the Detroit News, at about 3 o'clock in the morning on June 7, 2019, uh, an officer encountered the uh, suspect in Lansing. Uh, the officer asked him if he had any weapons on him. The uh, suspect acknowledged that he had a gun but didn't have a concealed carry permit. According to court records, he also had a magazine in his right breast pocket. Court document uh, about the incident said that uh, the suspect, quote, advised that the handgun was registered to him. He bought it in late March at capital discount. It was currently trying to obtain a concealed weapons permit. Uh, it's unclear, by the way, whether or not he ever did receive one. Uh, in October of 2019, Ingham County prosecutors added a second charge against the man, possession of a loaded farm in a vehicle. That's a misdemeanor. Now, carrying a farm without a license, uh, that was originally a felony charge, right? So he's facing a felony charge and a misdemeanor charge. And what happens so often in our criminal justice system when uh, folks are facing felony and misdemeanor charges, a plea bargain is extended. We'll drop the most serious charge, allow you to plead guilty to the lesser charge. And that is uh, apparently what happened here. Uh, in October of 2019, same month that he was charged with that misdemeanor, he agreed to plead guilty to that misdemeanor charge. Prosecutors dismissing the felony charge against him. Scott Hughes, spokesman for the Ingham County Prosecutor's Office on Tuesday morning, said we received numerous requests on this matter. We're working to respond to these as accurately and expeditiously as possible under the circumstances. I, I will say maybe there are some extraordinary circumstances uh, involving this particular plea deal, but this is par for the course. Uh, across most of the country. 97% of felony cases end in plea bargains. Now, they don't always result in plea bargains being, uh, or, or uh, felonies being plea bargained down to misdemeanors, but they do result in plea deals. So it is not unusual that this case would have been resolved via a plea. Infuriating, perhaps, but uh, not uncommon. So uh, the suspect was not uh, a convicted felon. He was not uh, prohibited from possessing a firearm, although uh, he was prohibited from doing so on the campus of Michigan State University, which is a gun-free zone, a uh, designation, by the way, that apparently didn't cause him any concern whatsoever, any more than the prohibition against taking a human life. In the uh, wake of the shootings in Michigan uh, on Monday night, Democrats uh, who represent uh, both uh, you know, residents of the state uh, at the state capitol, uh, as well as in Congress, are speaking out and um, urging a gun control response, uh, I think it's uh, fair to say. 
uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, talking about how this is the only country uh, where, where stuff like this happens, which is not the case, uh, and uh, pledging to uh, honor the memories of the victims uh, while taking unnamed steps to uh, keep the community safe. Elise Slotkin, uh, representative from Michigan, who represents the uh, area where Michigan State University is located, uh, also on social media on Monday night, uh, in fact, shortly after the uh, suspect was found dead from a self-inflicted uh, injury, she uh, tweeted out that, uh, quote, I cannot believe I'm doing this again 15 months later, talking about the uh, shooting at Oxford High School. Uh, she said, I am filled with rage that we have to have another press conference to talk about our children being killed in their schools. Well, again, I think all of us are, are feeling that mix of anger and grief and frustration today. Uh, it's just that many of us don't believe that the answer is to restrict uh, a fundamental right to protect yourself. Uh, or to pass laws that would turn tens of millions of Americans into criminals overnight by, again, criminalizing the fundamental right to keep and bear arms. Um, I'm guessing that uh, in the wake of this shooting, one of the uh, issues that will emerge in uh, Michigan uh, is a red flag law. One has already been introduced uh, in the state of Michigan, uh, and I suppose the case could be made that uh, – if Michigan had a red flag law, then, uh, gosh, this guy could have been uh, perhaps uh, subject to one. His firearms could have been seized beforehand. The problem is that police haven't indicated that this guy was uh, suspected of, of being a danger to himself or others. Um, there are some neighbors who had complained that the guy would apparently walk out his back door and target shoot. Uh, police apparently went to the home on a couple of locations or a couple of occasions, but they never arrested the suspect for discharging a firearm inside the city limits or anything of that nature. So it's unclear to me that there would have been any conditions met to issue an extreme risk protection order, um, even if one had been uh, offered. And again, we don't know why one would have been offered, given that apparently this guy was not uh, on anybody's radar. But you can rest assured that rather than talking about the futility of sensitive places, uh, or the fact that, once again, a gun-free zone failed to prevent a violent criminal from walking into that place with a gun. Um, lawmakers, again, are going to be taking a uh, closer look at the right to keep and bear arms in Michigan. <clears throat> and unfortunately, I think that they are going to uh, respond uh, by uh, trying to make it much more difficult. In fact, try to make it a criminal offense in many cases for individuals to exercise their Second Amendment rights. We will obviously be paying close attention to what's going on, both in terms of the investigation in Michigan State as well as the legislative response. Uh, the legislature is uh, not in session today, but uh, lawmakers will be back at it. And again, I think we can see a, a sustained push for gun control coming out of the uh, state capitol in Michigan over the next couple of days. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story. Our uh, good deed of the day, our recidivist report, uh, another case dealing with a convicted felon um, who got a sweetheart plea bargain for one reason or another. This is from uh, Scambia County, Florida, where a uh, Molino man, currently on probation, now charged with first-degree murder. We don't exactly know what has led police to uh, suspect 
uh, Nicholas Bronson Pierce a first-degree murder, but uh, they do say that he is a suspect in a killing back on uh, January 31st when a, a man was found in a dirt driveway uh, in Escambia County with multiple gunshot wounds. Now, Pearson was arrested, again, charged with first-degree murder, but we don't know what evidence the uh, police managed to uh, collect that uh, led them to him. What we do know is that less than two years ago, in August of 2021, the Escambia County Sheriff's Office responded to an armed disturbance at a residence there in the county where Pierce allegedly entered a home and pointed a gun at his mother's head and yelled, I'll kill you, bleep, according to an arrest report. That was about a year and a half ago. Pierce ended up facing charges, but in September of 2022, so less than six months ago, he um, ended up receiving a 12-month community control sentence, as well as 24 months probation for being a felon in possession of a firearm, as well as aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I got to tell you, there's a lot to love about Florida. Uh, And the problems in our criminal justice system are not limited to one state or another. But when you see an individual convicted of a, or or even pleading guilty. We don't know what the actual disposition was, whether this is a guilty plea or whether this was a conviction. But when you see the punishment, not just for being a felon in possession of a a firearm, but for a violent crime of aggravated assault with a weapon, get a slap on the wrist, again, 12 months of community control and 24 months of probation. If Mr. Pierce and his case had been referred to the U.S. Attorney's Office, he could be looking at five years in federal prison as a result of being a felon in possession. And that's not even counting the aggravated assault with a weapon charge, which likely would not be a federal charge, to be honest. Instead, again, he walked free, and uh, now, while still on probation, Mr. Pierce stands accused of first-degree murder. Today's armed citizen story from Sugarland, Texas, where a store clerk able to protect himself from a would-be armed robber uh, over the weekend. This was, uh, I believe, it was Sunday um, at the WB Food Mart. Masked suspect walks in uh, around noon, pulls out a gun, fires a shot to the ceiling, and then points the gun at the uh, store clerk. You can see that uh, moment captured in the uh, store surveillance footage. Well, as it turns out, the clerk had a gun of his own and drew it and fired several rounds at the uh, suspect. Suspect fired back a couple of times before uh, fleeing the store. Apparently, neither the suspect nor the clerk were injured in this encounter. Um, Police don't have a a suspect in custody at this point in time. But the uh, store clerk, again, thankfully, uh, unharmed because he was not unarmed and instead was able to fight back. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, will enable to do the right thing. In Red Hook, New York, where a couple of good Samaritans were on hand to save an elderly woman who could have been seriously injured after a car ended up backing into her. Um, Yeah, this poor lady, 76 years old apparently, sounds like she was walking into a grocery store And a uh, car driven by a 90-year-old man was backing out of the parking space, didn't see her, and ended up smacking into her. She falls to the ground. 
The 90-year-old driver apparently didn't realize that he had hit anybody and continues to back up. Thankfully, there were a couple of uh, Good Samaritans there. One of them runs over to the uh, driver and, you know, stop, 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 stop. The other one ran behind the car and able to uh, help pull the uh, 76-year-old woman out from underneath before it completely ran over her. The woman suffered minor injuries, uh, but thankfully she's going to be okay. Not one of those stories that's going to lead the nightly news, but, you know, this I mean, kind of sums up what we're talking about, right? In the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Sometimes it could just be a little thing. You, 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 you see somebody in need, you help them up off the ground, you help dust them off, and then you go about your day. Uh, and it sounds like that's what happened there in uh, Red Hook, New York. And uh, thankfully, again, that 76-year-old woman is going to be all right. Um, all right. That is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. I do want to let you know, though, about a couple of things that uh, we are watching closely. Uh, in terms of campus carry, you know, this is obviously uh, going to be a discussion in Michigan. I, I will say with the Democratic majority in the legislature and Governor Whitmer, I don't think campus carry is going anywhere in Michigan. Although it certainly should be a topic of debate. In West Virginia, on the other hand, um, campus carry is making some progress. The Senate has already approved a uh, campus carry bill. The House is slated to uh, hold its first hearing this week on uh, campus carry legislation. And uh, we are eyeing that very closely. Uh, You know, West Virginia already a constitutional carry state. That bill in West Virginia uh, would not extend... Uh, campus carry to those uh, legal gun owners who do not possess a concealed carry license. You would have to have a concealed carry license issued by the state in order to carry on campus. I think that was by design as a way to uh, uh, maybe you know bring some reluctant lawmakers on board. Uh, West Virginia University and the uh, Board of Regents uh, objecting to the campus carry bill. There was a, a very small group of uh, protesters there on the campus of West Virginia University on Monday. Uh, objecting to the legislation as well, but it had broad support in the state Senate. And I suspect that uh, this bill is going to make quick progress in the uh, state house uh, in West Virginia as well. But we are keeping our eyes on that. We're also watching what's going on uh, in the courts where the state of New Jersey has responded to a request for a preliminary injunction against its uh, concealed carry restrictions outline what it claims are are the historic analogs to many of these uh, sensitive places that it's uh, put into effect. Um, We're going to be covering that as our VIP piece at Bearing Arms this afternoon, kind of delving into um, some of these statutes and how off base they really are when it comes to uh, banning or restricting the right to bear arms. I would encourage you to check that out. In fact, uh, if you are not yet a VIP member, at Bearing Arms, I'd encourage you to do so. All you got to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. And as our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content, like that upcoming story about New Jersey's defense of its gun-free zones and more, because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam & Company. Until then... Thanks for being a part of today's show. Be well. Be safe. And be free.